I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power Purpose Podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing. There's nothing better, right, Jason? Absolutely nothing in the world. Than to get paid for doing something that you created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you st- if you did it like sort of like soup to nuts. If it was entirely your thing, your vision, you brought it to life, and then someone's like, I really need that or like that or want that, and they pay you for it, there is there is an immense amount of gratification that comes from oh, that. Oh, 100%. I mean, the one thing that that helps me with stage fright and nerves when I, when I go out there is I say to myself, you know, if, if I bomb, totally bomb, um, when it's all over, I'll get a check and nothing else will probably come from this. Okay. If I do really great and I kill, I'll get a check and nothing will probably come <laughs> from this. Yep. When I started to realize that, things things got better. But what I'd like to talk about today is this notion that those of us who make a living from who we are, mm-hmm. um, such as, let's say, uh, stand-up comics, mm-hmm. who what we're really selling is us. Yes. Or we've written a memoir. What we're selling is us. We're mm-hmm. selling our story or yeah. one person show or this is me. And mm-hmm. then we'll go on, you know, media and we'll go, we'll tell the story of our life. And so it's it's really hard when what you're selling is you. Yeah. Because or, or perceived as you yes because we're i know we're gonna get to that we mm. have some real i know you're biting at the tongue because like jason has some really great ideas on this because <laughs> what's been so hard for me is that um when I, my show doesn't do well mm-hmm. um and i bomb um it feels like a disintegration of my myself yes like you, you it take feels, it personally well how can you not i mean i'm talking about my life i'm talking mm-hmm. about my my childhood my 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 sex life i'm mm-hmm. talking about my body i'm talking about me and so and the audience goes we don't care yeah and oh, or that's dumb or that what or that's stupid or i what is she talking about? You know, all those sorts of things that are just like, uh, oh, do I see, even matter? <laughs> and you see that person in the front row, even like a lot of other people are laughing. Mm-hmm. But there's this person in the front row, with their hands crossed, looking like they hate you. Yeah. And I think one of the, the other things, too, is you're hitting it all on the head of they are hating you. They are hating. Oh, they Judy Carter's up there. Judy Carter talked about this thing from Judy Carter's life. I didn't like that. Judy Carter is my enemy. <laughs> Judy 100%. Carter is bad. And it's not like, I know my name sounds like a stage name, but I was actually born with it. Yep. I was thinking maybe I should change my name to Levinsky. So, yep. <laughs> so people would be like, oh. What was it before? Judy Carter, but it was too plain. But yeah. anyway, so what is what is the workaround to this because that can be very 
very painful. It, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a point in my life when I was 24, and I remember I did a show, and, you know, especially for me, it's really performing, it's really hooked in, because my mother um, um, really, when she saw that I had some talent, she went, all right, it's your job mm-hmm. to be famous and raise this family yeah. up and, you know, and give meaning to my life. And so when I would fail, it just felt like, oh, I've, I've lost my mother mm-hmm. as well. I mean, there was so much. And I, and I remember there was one night I went like, oh, I just want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. And I remember this moment very clearly it was in New Jersey, Great Gorge, New Jersey, a nightclub. And I said to myself, and, and this thought changed my life forever. I went, well, okay, kill yourself then or live. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to kill yourself, do it right now. Yeah. And um, and I decided that night to live. So how do we get that protection mm-hmm. from it's me up there and rather than a persona mm-hmm. and that's that's the answer right there is developing that persona you know uh one of the i've said this before on the podcast one of the biggest turning points in my professional career was when i decided and when i was told that i am not my business jason is not you know tmb creative jason is not the company a lot of people begin to identify their personality who they are as a human being with the job that they do and that can be just devastating because, you know, I'm a designer. Let's say that's my 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 work. And I treat myself as that. I am this thing. So I submit a design to a client and the client goes, oh, this is awful. I oh, what what color? This is terrible. I can't I don't even know what you were thinking. Oh, there's bad. They're not saying in my mind oh, this design is bad or this interpretation or, you or you know, it's not what I envisioned. They're saying, you are bad. You did this. How, what, why do you exist? What's the point of you? You messed up everything. And especially with creatives, they get locked into creating this, you know, straight line between who they are as a person and the art that they do. For business owners or people who are not in creatives, it's very easy to say, oh, I work at the library or I work at the DMV or I work at the they they don't say I am the DMV, I am the library. I but with artists and creatives, since we put so much of ourselves into the work that we do, we have the responsibility to create a persona, someone who is like, okay, this is the representation of me who is using things from my past, from my emotion, from my soul, and creating this piece of art. So there's sort of the buffer between the critic and you or the client and you or whoever, the audience and you, who can take all those bullets and take all those things, and you as the person can step back and let the persona absorb all that, that stuff. That is, that is really hard because especially now when we go, you know, uh, in comedy, it's not like Phyllis Diller obviously mm. had a persona. Yes. She's, she decided that um, there was nothing funny about a pretty woman, and mm-hmm. she was pretty. Yep. So she put on a fright wig. She had big breasts, but she strapped them down. Mm. I mean, how smart was that, yeah. right? <laughs> and she created this clown-like housewife mm. that very clearly 
wasn't her, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so nowadays, authenticity is, is it. Mm-hmm. You know, the more authentic you are, you have, we have comics on stage, like Sarah Silvan talks about being sexually abused, mm-hmm. you know? We're talking about deeply personal things. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to separate um, what we do with who we are. Like I was in at the uh, Chautauqua Institute um, and it was comedy week and I was speaking there. And I saw someone I haven't seen in a long time it was a very successful comic. And I said, hey, just Hey, good to see you. How are you doing? Well, I just finished a book. I have another one on the way, and I'm writing a screenplay, and it's sold. Mm-hmm. Right? And <laughs> boom, I was, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. but we've all had those. If you live in L.A., practically mm-hmm. every conversation is like that, right? Yeah. How are you? And then they tell you their resume. Yeah. And so that line is so blurry mm-hmm. so um let's talk about creating a persona because i was um um listening to jeff foxworthy say something about this and i think it's a really good insight to this topic mm-hmm. um he was starting to do comedy and um the guys in new york were joking backstage you know about him god you're such a friggin redneck mm-hmm. right and he was hurt by it mm-hmm. and then he decided to take on the persona of being a redneck mm-hmm. and it really wasn't exactly who he was mm-hmm. but it was i mean people were perceiving him that way because yep. he wasn't from new york he was from the south and and that launched him into stardom mm-hmm. because he, he, but he's not really that persona. It's something that he took on mm-hmm. and then he got thousands of millions of fans and deals and what have you. So here's a circumstance of really putting on a persona as if it is a costume. Yeah. Well, I think one one issue that a lot of people have with with in the generation of a persona is they let their ego play a little bit too much into it. One of the one of the problems is is when the things are going good. If you are, you know, a screenwriter and, and you write something and you give it to someone you respect and they go, "Wow, that was actually really excellent. I really like this and that." And they're giving you good detailed information and they're just building you up. Oh, yeah, it's great to be I am a screenwriter at that point because suddenly all the good stuff and you're building yourself and you feel fantastic. But then it's hard to then separate when the bad stuff comes and be like, no, that's the the work that I wrote is being, you know, assaulted right now. I'm still a screenwriter. I'm still I still have this voice. This particular piece of art didn't work out. Some people want one. And don't want the other. And just like you said at the very top about how the, you know, whether they boo for me and, you know, I still get my check and nothing will come of this. Or whether they cheer for me, I still get my check and nothing will come of this. The persona has to maintain in both levels, through the good and through the bad. 
If someone says, hey, your set tonight was amazing, you're so funny, you're hysterical, then you can go, okay, all right, the persona did, you know, this good job, we did this, let's let's listen to what, what you know, the good comments, let's keep working on it, let's keep going, not going to let it go to my head, not going to let it be, oh, I am this great thing. I don't think so when the next night comes and you bomb with the same material and you don't know why you go, okay, well, we can learn from this. We can make this change and this kind of stuff. Having that space allows you to maneuver. If you are, you know, if you want to be that thing when the stuff is good and then try to not be that thing when the stuff is bad, you're just going to suffer. It's never going to work out. I, when I interviewed people for my first book, the comedy vibe, I interviewed a lot of comics on this topic and um, how they handle bombing, mm-hmm. okay? I found a gender difference here. Mm-hmm. I found that uh, men um, were more likely to distance themselves and go, okay, that joke didn't work. Why didn't that joke work? Maybe I'll try this word or that word, you mm-hmm. know? Uh-huh. And that joke, oh, that's too long and I need to shorten it and what have you. And And usually the women w- would go like, Oh, I bombed. I oh, I feel like I'm no good. I really suck. I mm-hmm. really suck. And there was, um, in general, a lack of detachment that allowed them to look at the material with 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 uh, the helicopter view mm-hmm. and to be able to edit it as if it wasn't them, mm-hmm. because you have to have that. Because if you internalize, like I do, <laughs> I know yeah. a lot of us women do that, I, I, is this notion of um, no boundaries between us and what we create. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that it's so deeply personal that I've had times where um, I had stopped working after a bad show for mm-hmm. a long time. I got too scared to get back on stage without any kind of examination of mm-hmm. what actually happened. And only now, after a year and a half after this specific bomb, I'm going like, oh, you know what happened? I know what happened. The material I was doing, I was doing a lot of Jewish material and because I was in New York and I thought everybody was Jewish in New York, but that has changed. And everybody in the audience, no, there were no Jews there. Yeah. And they just was a disconnect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't bad. No, it had nothing to do with you. Just wrong audience. You wrong know. audience for that mm-hmm. material. So let's talk about how do we get a persona? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've made it very clear that, um, you know, to avoid being psychically shot down, you mm-hmm. actually have to have this. Yeah protection yeah you have to have the buffer zone yeah you have to have it so um what are some tips on how to have that persona well i think there's the two things to start well language is very important how you identify your work in how you talk about it is hugely important uh one thing that i've done a lot of is i've gotten away from saying things like i'm doing or i'm i'm making or I always say, I'm working on this. I'm working with that. I'm working. I make sure to put the word. I'm doing. Okay, no. I'm working on that. Yeah, I'm working. Because the moment you say the word work, right there, there's already a disconnect. Because it's like, work is the same. You know, whether you're writing your next novel or mowing the lawn, both of those things are work. 
you know. I'm working on this separate entity that is a part, is, yeah, is this exactly. different from myself. That's different from myself that serves me. Um, the other thing is, is so I would start really concentrating and looking at how you describe the art you do when you're doing it or when you're talking about it with somebody else. And if all the descriptive words and things that you're doing are deeply personal, I, I'm putting everything I have into this thing. I am, I am placing a mirror in front of my soul and reflecting. (laughs) No, I'm being very dramatic and you know, here, but, but that's the thing. Some people talk at that level about the stuff they're creating. And then if it doesn't work, out then they you know shut down you if you start first verbalizing and even in how you write or or even you know you know your social posts or whatever you start saying i'm working on this i'm working on that i'm working to create this i'm working this is the work i'm doing now it immediately will begin to start just a little bit of separation will start there I think the second thing is the objectives of what you're trying to achieve based on the different things that you're doing. Like you talked about, you know, you went to a show, you went out there, you said you bombed, you kind of, uh, and you're like, what the things I'm doing are deeply personal, deeply, you know, important to me, real things from my life. Well, if at that point you're, you're saying, okay, I want to tell a real story about real things about the things that are very true and authentic to who I am, you're making this piece of art very much about you, not about the audience. So now your objective should not be, and I want the audience to appreciate it. It's going to be, and I'm going to have the bravery to get up and do this show. Damn the torpedoes. I'm going to get up there and say it because this is personal to me. This is important to me. This is a story I need to tell. And whether the audience stands up and cheers or throws tomatoes at me, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to say it because it's important to me. If that's how you approach it, you're going to have a much healthier time. But if you say, okay, I'm going to throw this out to the audience and see how they react. You know, here's Mm -hmm. a funny thing that happened to me. Here's a fun thing that I do. Okay. I'm a little bit separated from this. I can test this out. I'm, you know, it, that's another, you know, another word right there. I'm testing this out. I'm trying this out. I'm experimenting with this. You know, all of that type of language matched with those objectives will help you create and separate from the work itself. And so when things go good or bad, it's not a huge pendulum swinging back and forth for your emotions. And you're going, Oh God, they hate me today. Or, Oh God, they love me today. You know? So, so the importance of what you're doing is not the reaction you get. Mm -hmm. You create the importance of it. So yeah, like, like I, you can't go out again as a stand-up com and go, I'm going to make the audience laugh because then you're giving away all Mm -hmm. your power. No, I'm going to do it to really communicate how upset I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get things off my chest of how angry I am. And I know there might be some in the audience who might connect with what I have to say or might not. But I need to get this off my chest like mm-hmm. Lewis Plack does. Lewis is not waiting for the audience to react. Of course, he's very in tuned if yeah. they're reacting or not reacting. But you have the sense that he is doing it to get it off his chest because he's so passionate about it. He's doing it to connect, to communicate. So mm-hmm. go and, out there and do that. And if something lands and the audience is with him, he has the, you know, the separation to go, oh, that hit. 
You know, I, I, maybe work on that. We'll explore that a little bit more. You know, we saw Eddie Izzard recently. Yeah. And it's funny because we saw Eddie Izzard at an early stage in his American tour. And the last time I saw Eddie Izzard, I saw him at the literally like one of his last couple of shows before his American tour was over. And the experience that I had with you watching him, he was so much looser, so much just kind of going wherever he wanted. So much. It didn't seem as curated. When I saw him a year ago and I caught him at the end of his tour, it was a much tighter, much sharper show. And I think, you know, and, you know, we're talking about Eddie Izzard, who is one of the, you know, comedy icons right now. His style is to improvise, to try, work things out, make it go. And so he would he, comment on and it. And comment on it. And so that experimentation. So he's going out with the scientist mentality at those earlier parts of the show. And then, or the earlier parts of the tour. And then at the later parts of the tour, he's done the calculations. He's ran the formula. He knows what's going to hit, what's not going to hit. He knows how to read the audience and deliver the way he wants it. So he can go out and deliver that tight show. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's, so if you go with that mentality of, all right, let me try this tonight, or let me try writing this thing, or let me try painting or creating this thing as an experiment, as a test, as a thing, then you are taking on the mindset of the observer. You're not judging. You're going, you know, here's the litmus test. Let's throw it out there and see what kind of reaction we get from the audience. What's the, what's the chemical compound we're going to get after this thing goes out? Of not me, but this. Of not me, but this This thing thing that I have worked on. Mm -hmm. You know, Barbara Streisand talks about this a lot. I've been seeing in practically everything she talks about. um, She will go, well, I love you. You know, and she goes, you don't know me. You love the persona. Mm -hmm. You love the Streisand persona, you Mm -hmm. know, well, but you're such a big star. Not, no, I don't feel I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the persona. And she's been very kind of um, on a campaign, I guess, yeah. of, of really delineating between herself as a human, mm-hmm. a human being or a mother or a wife or, you know, who she is and her, you know, persona and and then she of course felt she had a hard time for years she didn't perform living up to the demands of that uh, persona Mm -hmm. the third thing is to really look at what you are doing no matter how creative creative it is as a business promoting that persona Mm -hmm. you're not promoting yourself Mm -hmm. you're promoting that persona and i think it gets very very complicated on social media Mm. where we're saying this is what i did today um and i think we have to be very careful on um what are you using social media for Mm. um i i think you have to delineate even there of here's my facebook personal page yeah here's the pictures of my cats right exactly here's what i believe about that then someone Mm -hmm. attacks you they're attacking you Mm -hmm. but you have to be very clear then to post okay this is my fan page right and my fan page is the persona of me Mm -hmm. and when you share of course you're going to share personal things that happen in your life but you're going to share them as that persona. So I think um, 
someone said this, and I really like this, um, is that when you perform, when you do your work, whatever that work is, you put on that persona like it's a coat. Yes. And I really had to do that when I was, um, after my mom died and mm-hmm. I was really depressed and I had to go out and it certainly didn't feel funny. And I remember those words, you know, put your persona on like it's a coat mm-hmm. and just pretend. Yeah, absolutely. And that got me through. And and so I think the recap of, of what to, how, how to protect yourself when you're a creative person from the slings and arrows of, <laughs> of critics is, is to first, you know, use language that detaches rather than I am doing, mm-hmm. I'm working on. Yeah. I'm and working then, on, I'm trying, I'm experimenting with, I'm testing, those types of things. Don't include um, in your objectives when you perform or put out what you do. Um, as it's worth as getting the reaction. Mm-hmm. It's worth is whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And and what serves the persona. And yeah. what serves it. And finally, put on your persona when you go to work as a coat. Mm-hmm. And use that coat to not only protect yourself, but really give you the freedom of creativity. If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening, and let's find your message and launch your career.